Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality and of course, sexual pleasure. And we're so excited to bring you a new series of episodes dedicated to sexual wellness wellness and healthy aging. We love diving deep into the details, asking the important questions that we all want to know about. And we understand the importance of credible information. So on this new sexual wellness series, which airs on the last Friday of each month, we're getting together with experts and specialist doctors in person to bring you the answers directly and let them bust a few myths while we're at it. And as always, we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So, are you noticing subtle changes in the quality and duration of your erections or perhaps you're having difficulty getting an erection at all? Well, if your sex life is in the tank, it may be time to check your testosterone level. Okay, on today's show, we're going to find out more about how testosterone levels change over time and the effects low testosterone has on libido and sexual function. As well, we're going to be looking into testosterone replacement therapy as a solution to reinvigorating your life and your sex life. Alrighty, but before we get going, like we do every show, we want to take a minute to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we are so excited to welcome today's special guest. Award-winning urologist Dr. Andrew Steinberg from Elna's Sexual Wellness Center specializes in low testosterone, erectile dysfunction, incontinence, and many other men's issues. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I recently became a patient of Dr. Steinberg uh, when I decided to get my testo- testosterone levels checked. And with this new series, we're going to follow my experiences with uh, TR which is testosterone replacement therapy, and learn all about the various new protocols that can be used to slow down the aging process and help men keep a vibrant sex life as they age. Alrighty, Dr. Andrew Steinberg, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. I know you've had a busy day, and thank you for taking time to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to uh, spreading the knowledge. Yeah, of course. So why don't you start a little, tell us a little bit about yourself and about how you got into the sexual wellness industry. I am a urologist. Sexual medicine wasn't my primary training or, or interest early in, earlier on in my career. Um, uh, I, it kind of came upon me. Patients started to come to me, and I started to uh, become more and more fascinated with the subject because it's, it's the kind of thing where we don't spend a lot of time learning about it in our training. Um, but, you know, I, I know it's a, it was a major, major issue, and most urologists didn't have the time or patience to, um, to spend with, with their patients. Uh, and then I started to learn more and more about what we didn't know and more and more what we can do, and it kind of became a vicious cycle. The more I got excited about it and interest in it, the more patients heard about me from their friends, from their colleagues, and uh, the more they would come to see me and talk about testosterone or other sexual dysfunctions. And, uh, you know, I always say that testosterone patients are the most knowledgeable patients and most read patients. So they would often come to me and ask me about certain subjects. Uh, and I would be sitting Googling on my, on my, on my, uh, while they think I'm taking notes about the story, Googling about, uh, about their questions. So it really pushed me to my game and it just became a cycle of, uh, the more I, the more they would push me, the more I would get interested in it. And uh, here I am. This is, you know, in the last five years, I kind of became a, 
a self-taught expert in the field and I, I've been going to you know any meeting uh, international meeting society I can get on sexual wellness uh, testosterone erectile dysfunction that I can find I've been going to so have you seen a growth in the need for sexual wellness doctors it's not yes yes well it's it's a growth it's it's a growth in the need because it's a growth in the awareness I mean the first revolution came with Viagra so that that brought you know millions of men out of the woodwork who had not, nothing to offer uh, or nothing to, to, to take for their erectile dysfunction but this really made it something at the fingertips of the patients that they can take uh, so that brought a lot of people out of the woodwork who now were more willing to discuss it uh, and then the uh, you know then what happened is pa- patients were doing well on this on, on Viagra and Cialis came along and Levitra and, and then some of those patients started to, to fail the treatments because their their disease were progressing so it it, it brought the need for more uh, I guess aggressive therapies in addition to that um, I think the whole sexual revolution that started with women you know, we have Me Too for, for bad things, but now Me Too for, for orgasm, you know, orgasm equality and, and all that, uh, I think just brought the whole field uh, into, into the next realm. And are you seeing a more of a normalization in discussions around sexual health in your peers and even with your patients? I think so. I mean, I, this podcast is a perfect example. I, I, I can give my shameless uh, um push for my podcast i have uh, you know on uh, youtube we have a youtube channel called have the balls to talk about it which is a male series of topics around male sexual and health issues um so because there was uh there was a lot happening for women at that point women were starting to open up and talk about it but we did you know a couple of look uh, searches on 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 in podcasts and and youtube and there was not much happening for men so, which was needed because you know men are. I think stupid, they're often shy, you know, to and talk shy, about it, and yeah. you know, they, you know, people aren't sitting in the in the hockey room in the dressing room and saying, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, you feel like you can't get it up, or you, <laughs> exactly. you do you feel less of a man lately?" <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, I mean, that <laughs> no, doesn't that's happen. Happening. Yeah. That's not happening. <laughs> you know, women, I think, are more apt to be sitting around and saying, "Yeah, I got the dryness in my vagina." I don't, you know, right. than men are going to be talking about. Yeah, they're shriveling up yeah. and, and so on. And so, how long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, about th- three, four years, okay, something like that. So yeah. you got oh. a lot of episodes. There. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Good, over a hundred, actually. Wow. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, all these factors and, and some new therapies that became available that also pushed men again. When Viagra came out, a lot of men started to hear about it, and uh, and then treatments like uh, platelet-rich therapy (PRP) or P-shot. Uh, or or shockwave therapy again, new things that are available pique the interest. Um, it, it became quite commercialized, maybe overly commercialized in the states because it, it was not as well regulated maybe as it should be. Uh, but again, all this brings brings out uh, oh okay, well I have this. Well maybe it's time I did something about it. Okay, there's something available. So I think it, this kind of stuff snowballs, and then slowly but surely people do once in a while tell their friend and 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 uh i think again the more normalization of talking about it well we what we find i mean we live in a very sexual world uh being in the swinging lifestyle and going out on vacations and trips and stuff like that and we find the amount of older people 50 plus 60 plus is increasing every time we go out there and so you know it's okay People are told you can continue having sex into your 70s and into your 80s. And I think that those people who are having certain issues, like like we're going to talk about me in a second with testosterone, are more apt to be asking the questions, going online, than finding the specialist than they were in the past where they were just like, well, that's just what happens when you get but old. But that's what their doctors are telling them. Well, you know, you're, you, you're tired and this and that. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know, you're 52 or 62 or 72. Yeah, that's the example. You know, and, and it's, it's horrible. It drives me crazy. I mean, age is not a disease. Mm-hmm. You know, erectile dysfunction is a disease that is more common when you're older, but so is diabetes. Mm-hmm. But we don't say, well, oh, you're old. You, you don't need to treat your diabetes. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Same thing with testosterone. You know, they say, well, I'm older, my testosterone levels, uh, you know, my doctor said they, they, they don't have to be as high. Well, that's false. It's false, it's false, it's false. The, not only does it, there's, there's, your testosterone does drop with age, but 
your your the hormone called well the protein called uh, SHBG which deactivates the testosterone is actually higher when you get older so the need for your testosterone levels is actually higher and the receptors which is what is the endpoint of testosterone so testosterone binds to receptors which then has the act which then does the act of what testosterone is supposed to do the, the receptors are less receptive so it's the actual opposite we don't we need more testosterone when we're older to stay healthy and 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 again i keep on telling patients maybe i'm getting ahead of myself here but we're not trying to take you from normal to make you superman we're trying to take you to low and insufficient levels to make you normal Mm -hmm. absolutely all right so let's just do some hormone 101 so what is a hormone what do they do how do they work and why are they so important so hormone are a class of molecules in 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 the body that uh, usually originate from cholesterol ultimately it's a whole pathway and they're all interrelated and complex mechanisms produced mostly uh, the vast majority by the testicles but there are some uh, produced by the adrenal glands the little glands on top of the kidneys. And there are basically the male um, anabolic muscle building and sex hormones. And they're involved in so many bodily functions, uh, you know, muscle uh, building, fat, metabol- fat, fat metabolism, estrogen. Uh, they're linked with insulin. Um, you know, there's, there's relationships with cholesterol. Uh, they're involved in, in, in sex, as we know. Um, so many different aspects of testosterone where they're involved, which is why so many things go wrong when you're when you're low in testosterone. You know, the classical symptoms of, of low testosterone are you feel tired, your sex drive is low, you don't have that same drive at work, you have brain fog, but you're also at risk for heart disease when your testosterone is low. You're also at risk for osteoporosis when your testosterone is low. We don't know the full mechanism and the full. We don't have a full understanding yet, but there's also believed to be a strong relationship with uh, diabetes, type two diabetes, and low estrogen and low testosterone, um, as well as um, what we call the meta- metabo- metabolic syndrome, which is uh, you know basically S- slower metabolic obesities, but slower oh, okay. metabolism yeah. with, with you know cholesterol. Uh, uh, all that, and there's a lot of interrelationship with the thyroid. So it's it's just they're all played together, and being low in testosterone, because it's involved in all these bodily functions, is is it affects affects so many of your bodily functions, and 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 can be detrimental. It's not we, we don't give testosterone just to make you horny. Mm, exactly, you know, there's yeah. so many other yeah. factors involved which are important. But the symptoms that you just mentioned with low testosterone, I get why you could be understood to be just aging because that is what happens when you see men aging they start getting maybe fatter they start getting um, more tired and less energetic and less muscular so you think well that's just aging so if it's a natural process to get low testosterone at that age why is it that you we need to boost it up i mean it's it's uh, i think a philosophical question it's 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 a it it's a natural uh, i mean um, because we don't, because we we don't have to accept that. Okay, that's you right. know just you know if a woman has after menopause a terrible they get some women get what we call a vaginal atrophy, a genital urinary syndrome of menopause. Um, they're and they're getting dry vagina and and painful intercourse and bladder infections and incontinence. Why do we have to leave that? You know why do we have to not treat that? I mean it's. It's horrible. It's mm-hmm. cruel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that... When there are treatments out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'll get even more philosophical. I'll give you my philosophy. We were meant, from an evolutionary point of view, to as males, to spread our DNA and have <laughs> sex with as many women as we can and die. Right? That That's the... Uh, my evolutionary uh, lesson 101. And uh, I, we weren't meant to live till we were 40, 50, 60, and, and, and 80, and 90. So it's it's natural. I mean, it, we do see our testosterone, our bodily functions drop because we weren't meant to live this far. But we are living this far, so let's make the best of it and let's make the healthiest. Let's be as healthy as we can and, and as, you know, with, with all the vitality that we can have cool. in a safe way. Cool. So, so on the... Uh, 
the, our previous show of this series, we spoke to your coworker, Dr. Gabby Laundry, and she was telling us about the hormones in women. Yeah. the progesterone, the testosterone, and the estrogen, and how you know testosterone in women is much 10% lower than it is in men. But do men have progesterone and uh, estrogen as well? Yeah, yeah, to, to lower levels also. Uh, progesterone, you know, we don't, doesn't really have much of an effect in men, but estrogen is important. Um, and what is the function of estrogen in, in men? Uh, that's a good question, and, and it's it's not well studied oh, and, okay. and well well and, and well understood. Um, but just my only my only point I'll make about estrogen is uh, we don't need to make that zero, which some men who go on testosterone, you know, want to be put on estrogen blockers because yeah. estrogen comes from testosterone. So typically, when we raise testosterone, the estrogen will, will go higher as well. Um, Estrogen uh, is important for, uh, you know, your, your sexual vitality as well. And there's no need to lower estrogen levels in men unless they have specific symptoms. And, you know, maybe a little, some, some men get breast growth or breast sensitivity. But that's only if they have a lot of it, right? So only if it Typically converts Typically, only if they lot. have a lot. Yeah. But if someone has a lot and no symptoms, it's okay. there's no proof that you need to lower mm-hmm. that level. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. So, um, what exactly, or where do you get the testosterone from? Where, like, what exactly is the function? Is it 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 in circulates the bo- in the body? Mean? Yeah, it yeah, circulates it com- in the body, and it affects so, all different aspects. Yeah. So it, okay. it it's a feedback with the brain. Uh, your brain produces two uh, hormones, LH and FSH, or two transmitters, LH and FSH. LH is luteinizing hormone. FSH is follicle stimulating hormone. Uh, so they both go down to the testicle. LH um, stimulates the testicles to produce testosterone. FSH stimulates the testicles to produce sperm. Now, when your testosterone levels raise uh, or get to the, the proper level, the, the, the brain shuts down the LH and FSH signal, and, and then testosterone will, will drop a little bit. So then the LH and FSH will go up a little bit. And it goes back and forth to keep the LH and that keeps the testosterone at the proper That's level. That's the biofeedback that keeps it all at the right level. That's the biofeedback. And, and, that, and there's, I'm oversimplifying yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. There's prolactin, which, accept, which, which affects the LH and FSH. There's estrogen levels, estrogen, which affects LH and FSH. In fact, some of the treatments, uh, you know, anyone listening may have heard of CIRMS, which are selective estrogen, well, tamoxifen, for example. So tamoxifen blocks the, the signal of estrogen in the brain. So if you give a male testo- uh, if you give a male tamoxifen, your FSH and L, your brain thinks that there's less estrogen, and it'll produce more FSH and LH, and it'll raise your testosterone. So that could be used as a treatment for testosterone replacement therapy. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And what happens when there's too much estro- uh, testosterone in your body? Um, if you're a woman, you get uh, you get well, you, you get to be more like a man. Okay. Uh, Some of things would be facial yeah, hair Yeah, facial growth, hair and, and change in more coarse voice okay. and, and more change in your facial bony structures, uh, more muscle. Um, and, uh, you know, there there's some danger for the heart with too, too high levels. Uh, and, and you see that there's some ovarian tumors which produce uh, too much testosterone. Um, and if it happens before puberty, uh, you know, you will... Uh, you know, it will. It'll, it's a permanent change. Yeah, it okay. can be. Okay. Uh, you'll have a, clit, a swelling of the clitoris and kind of starts to look like a little penis. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a male, uh, it's much more. Uh, it's much less evident because you know, if you have normal testosterone, uh, you're you're not going to look more like a man if you have too much testosterone. Um, but you know, like you see, male with anabolic steroids in the gym and those guys are they taking steroids is that the same thing they're taking yeah they're taking steroids they're taking forms of testosterone typically which are more anabolic so they're more muscle building than they are sexual in nature Mm. Uh, and some of these guys are taking huge doses which which is believed to be dangerous for the heart Mm. but if you just saw a guy in the street and you you wouldn't really be able to tell other than his muscles Mm. 
as opposed to a woman who's going to get you know a mustache. But I've also heard that when men are really built big like that because they're on steroids, that actually their penis doesn't function properly. Is that true? Uh, it could be. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It huh. could affect the uh, uh, for sure. Huh. Yeah. Wow. But those are the anabolic steroids. Anabolic steroids. But what if, like, what Cause, talking- because they shut down your sexual, your normal testosterone. But if, oh. if so, like, you have you have more anabolic and less sexual. So we're going to talk about my treatment in the second half of the show. But what if I were to take too much testosterone, the 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 dose and the the one that that you've given me? What would yeah. happen? Uh, that's a good question, and to be honest, we don't believe it or not. There's not that many studies, you know. And I have, uh, you know, there's a, a a podcaster in Montreal who does. He's not a he's not a he's not a physician, but he's done tons of research, uh, and he's a testosterone advocate, let's say. Um, and uh, you know, he believes, and again, he's he's not a physician, he's not a scientist, but he just has done a lot of reading, very impressive in his knowledge. Um, but uh, that that we can go higher, and some men do need to go higher to feel proper. So you know the the range that we look at is let's say twelve to thirty, and we give a typical. I think we started with you with a hundred milligrams a week, um, but some men will go up to uh, two hundred fifty milligrams. You know, two and a half times that, uh, and feel amazing. But we don't know. We don't know. You don't know the, the long-term real risk, effects. The long-term effect. Oh, okay, of it. and is the only way to know whether you're high testosterone is through a blood test? Yeah, but there's the problem is that there's so many other factors. Uh, we talked about the the, the before the, the SHBG, which binds it. So if you just look at the total testosterone, not the free testosterone, you're missing part of the picture. If you just looked, and we don't even know about the the testosterone receptors. So you know, here this is a great story, and it's a true story. It's a so a patient came to me and said, I feel all the symptoms of t- low testosterone. So I said, okay, let's measure your testosterone. His testosterone was 10, which is low. And we started him on testosterone therapy. His brother, who was somebody I went to high school with, uh, called me and said, hey, test my testosterone. I said, okay, well, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel? He goes, I actually feel amazing. If my wife was horny, I'd want to have sex three times a day. I'm working out. I'm feeling great. I have, I'm better shape than I've ever been. And I said, okay, well, we, we're not giving you testosterone, but for fun, for an interest sake, for academic sake, let's test your testosterone. And his level was the exact as his brother, 10. So here you got two guys, 150, 149, 152, both same level of total testosterone. One felt like crap and the other one felt like the Hulk. Um, so... You know, we don't know so much about it, which is why I don't like to use testosterone levels as an absolute cutoff, and which is being reflected in some of the new guidelines, the actually the Canadian Urology Association and some of the other international guidelines suggest that if someone has symptoms of low testosterone and they're not low on their blood test, that it's worthwhile to try three, six months of testosterone replacement therapy and see how they do. Mm-hmm. I have patients in the middle of the pack, you know, 18, who have classic symptoms. They're like, you need to treat me. If you don't give me testosterone, I mean, I can't live. If you don't give me testosterone, I'm going to go to the black market and get whatever. And with time, I'm starting to get more um, comfortable with doing it. And I treat these guys. And they feel normal again. Mm. And again, I'm not trying to take someone who is normal to make them Superman. Right. I'm trying to take these guys who are suffering. They're losing their wife yeah. or their partner or their boyfriend or whatever. They are. They can't work. They can't hold their job. They can't wake up in the morning. They're getting fat. They're getting. Uh, you know, their lives are being ruined. And even though you know their levels fall quote unquote into that normal zone, they're functionally low testosterone and they do functionally amazing when you give them testosterone interesting so that's what you were saying that maybe it's the receptors that you're not measuring the blood serum that's what the unknown factor is exactly so you know in the laboratory and under conditions it can be measured Um, but you know just you can't say uh, you know you can't go to your local lab and say hey can you measure my testosterone receptor sensitivity Mm, no exactly so now um, when we were talking you had said that testosterone levels in men begins to decrease at a pretty young age yeah yeah, I mean, you know, in your... So 30s, your peak is uh, when? Your peak is in your 20s. 
and uh, and then you know it's all downhill from there. And, and, and but we also have to remember one thing: over the decades, the average testosterone level is also dropping. Oh, really? But yeah. For what? Well, there's there's environmental reasons that we think. You know, they talk about the. Uh, the microplastics or the whatever they're called processed foods and all that kind. all that exactly yeah. so there's many reasons um and and that's part of the problem of doing a blood test is that the blood tests are based on average testosterone levels and not an average testosterone levels has nothing to do with um adequate testosterone levels mm-hmm. because the average can be low Mm-hmm. So what they do is they say, okay, this is the average, and everybody in the bottom 2% is considered abnormal. That's nonsense, because maybe 40% of the population is low in testosterone. Yeah. You know, so, so these normal ranges that you get by the hospitals when you look at your blood test results next to your, what your results are, are completely useless and based on the wrong thing. Now, when you compared those two brothers, is it possible that one of them who was happy and, and feeling good and going to the gym, that he was actually in a healthier state than the other brother who was feeling like crap and getting fat and being depressed? Yeah, is, but this, is but health, this was, yeah, but this was something this to do with it? It does, for sure. But this wasn't the kind of guy who, was, who's, who weighed 400 pounds. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. All right. yeah, he was, uh, you know, okay. he was a working guy. He was, he was ex- so exercising. So overall, was, being more healthy, does that give you a healthier perspective? It in? does, but there's, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, being in good, of course. I mean, being being in good shape is good for everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of patients coming in for testosterone who are trainers, football players, oh, okay. uh, everything. Who you look at them and they 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 are they do have muscle because they are going to the gym five days a week. But you know, they say they they have a harder time to gain muscle. They have a harder time to recuperate. They're starting to get a little fat around the way you know around the waist that they just can't get rid of, um, and they're tired mm-hmm. and you gotcha. think these guys are like i said professional football players or or uh boxers or whatever you know and and they're just they're just feeling crappy no matter how much exercise and how mm. well they eat and how well they take care of themselves let's 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 talk about sex so what does testosterone low high do to a man and his sex life sex drive Good question, because I have a lot of people coming in on both sides of the equation, meaning testosterone, let me say this, testosterone deficiency and erectile dysfunction are two separate but related issues. Very, very important, very, very big misconception around patients. When the guy comes in and says, uh, you know, I can't keep my erections, they're not as strong as they used to be, maybe I'm low in testosterone. Well, uh, do you want to have sex? Are you horny? Are you tired? Whatever. No, no, that's all okay. Okay, but I can't get it. That guy is not low in testosterone. But please test my, I know I'm low. I'm sure I'm low. I'm sure I'm low. Testosterone classically, uh, if you if you look at levels versus symptoms, low sex drive, low libido comes way before, in most men, um, erectile dysfunction. So it is rare that we're going to fix erectile dysfunction with testosterone. Now, sometimes there's psychological factors and they, they feel low because of the testosterone and, and that causes them to avoid sex, uh, that causes them to, to, you know, have some erectile dysfunction. So uh, some men do better when you boost their libido and you boost their testosterone and, and, and will fix it. But way more often than not, when someone comes in with both symptoms of erectile dysfunction, I, right now I tell them up front, this is like, we're going to put you on testosterone to fix your, your libido, to fix your testosterone levels, but it's not likely to be the sole cure of your erectile dysfunction. And we should start talking about that also, whether it be medication or, or sound wave therapy or whatever, whatever we want to talk about. Does, does testosterone help the hardness of the erection and the amount of time you stay hard? So the answer is rarely, rarely. Sometimes, yes. But most of my men who have those issues are also on Cialis or Viagra or, or something else. Now, when It does help. It does help. And there's definitely some men who, who have it. But I would say it's more like 80% of men will need to be treated for both if they have both and not a one 
a one-shot testosterone is going to fix your sex drive and your erections. So when this guy came in with the um, erectile dysfunction and you said it's probably not going to be fixed with the testosterone, is he still at the age, like we're talking, like as he's aging at 50 and 60, or is it younger than that when he has erectile dysfunction? Pick your choice. I oh. mean, it's everything. So at I'm any saying, age, it, it, erectile dysfunction can come at any age? Yeah, for sure. 30% of 30-year-olds have erectile oh, dysfunction. Okay. Wow. Now, it's hard to tease out how much of that is psycho- psychogenic erectile dysfunction. And psychogenic erectile dysfunction is no more real to you than, than, than vascular erectile dysfunction or, or, or issues with blood flow. But obviously, the more, the younger the people are, there's a lot of performance anxiety mm-hmm. and other factors that play in it. Um, but I treat and can men- you fix that or is that something that they have to go through themselves? Well, uh, there, there's, yes, you can fix it. I mean, you got to get them to see a sex therapist, which is... Sometimes they're like, "Yes, I want that. Please give me a good name." Sometimes they're like, "No, this isn't. This is this is not in my head. Uh, I'm not making this up. Uh, this, I had good erections last week, and and now they're bad." Well, exactly. If you had good erections last week and now they're bad, it's a hundred percent. You mm-hmm. know, I don't say in your head because they take offense to that. Right, right, right. It's like you know, it's a disease. It's psychogenic. Some people have diabetes. You have psychogenic erectile dysfunction, and it can cause significant erectile dysfunction. Um, so I don't remember what your question was. Yeah, but, it's just at what age, but that's great. But, You're saying even in their 30s, yeah, they can come yeah, here. So I, yeah. I, yeah, and I treat them medically yeah. as well because some sometimes just a little boost, take a little Viagra, a little Cialis, yeah. makes it easier for them to get to the erection. You know, then, then they can le- go forward with right, that. Right, because the worst thing you can do when you're trying to have sex is to think, I'm going to lose my erection. Right. That's the worst thing. Yeah. What you want to think about when you're having sex is, man, this is fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Focus on that. Focus on that. And then you keep your erection. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, but it's hard. It's easy we to say. See, it's hard we to see, do. Being in the swinging lifestyle, we see all different types. And performance anxiety is real. Oh, it's real. And it all, it's all in the head, right? And if I'm playing with another couple or with Carol or we're, we're in an orgy and everything's going great, I can stay hard for, for a long time. Yep. But if I'm with another woman... And things aren't right, and she's not into me. I can't stay hard. No, yeah. not even. Yeah, like yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's, even when Carol and I are having sex, and yeah. and I see in her eyes that she's thinking about the the gardening me? and stuff the, the like that. The million things I have to get and done in a day. And she's not focusing on me. Yeah, I, I'm not as hard as when she's like all there and she's present, honey. Down. Be present. Be present. <laughs> Look, I, I always uh, I always say to my patients. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I don't think so. That there's no other bodily function that's so closely linked, mind, body, as sex. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And Absolutely. if both, you know, if both physically and, and mentally it's not in sync. And know, it's not only you, it's your partner too. So it's not only that. Exactly. It's your mindset it's your head and, and their head. head. Exactly. exactly. 100%. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, yeah. it's so, incredible. And we're going to talk but, about But it. I think normalizing it. Because then you say, it. yeah, okay, whatever. She's thinking about the groceries, so yeah, she's not into it. I'm, or, or, or honey, we'll you know, do this later, and then you're not offended. Exactly. Like, and you're not worried about your erection exactly. going away for but one I reason. Think, I think sometimes Carol does it on purpose, because <laughs> I love going down on her. Right, yeah. right. And it's like, okay, I don't want to deal with your penis. You know, if I'm like not into it, maybe he's going to go down on me. And um, Oh, I see, I it's see. It's a little, think... a little selfish sex uh, here. Yeah, well, I don't think so. I just, have, talk... I just have to ask and you, you give it to me, do, so I don't worry do. about Let's that. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with <laughs> yeah, Dr. Yeah, sure, Steinberg. hang on a second. Just want to remind everybody that we are the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're chatting with urologist Dr. Andrew Steinberg from Elness Sexual Wellness Center, all about testosterone and healthy aging. Stay with us after the break as we get into testosterone replacement therapy, which is what David's doing right now, and uh, keeping up our sex drive as we age. Now let's just tell everybody about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for next year. Absolutely, and you know that Topless Travel provides the sexiest and most erotic vacations ever, from Hito 2 in Jamaica to Desire in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruise experiences. Topless Travel is ours and needs to be your number one choice. And of course, their trips and events are all about the people and their sexy, fun experiences. So let's just shout out to those sexy host couples, including Jessica and Justin, and of course, Party Mark who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. And you've heard many times that we do go on many of the topless travel trips, but listen up, the Desire Pearl Resort takeover in October and the next Bliss Cruises in November.
November 2022 and April 2023 are already sold out. So if you want to be part of one of the hottest and sexiest lifestyle beach party vacations ever, then you need to book now and join us from February 25th to March 4th, 2023 at Hedonism 2 on Negril Beach in Jamaica. It is the world's most iconic adult playground. And as usual, we'll be broadcasting live from Hedo 2, so come and join us for the week. We would love to meet you and maybe get you onto our show. The rooms are absolutely selling out quickly, so go and book now. So for more information about this trip or any of the topless travel events, you can go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Ever, ever, ever. Alrighty, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now let's get into the details of testosterone replacement therapy or TRT and how it can increase our sex drive as we age and what I am actually going through right now. Yeah, great. Let's just start with the basics. What is TRT or testosterone replacement therapy? Um, there's two ways of, of, of doing TRT. And TRT is, again, bringing your testosterone levels to normal levels. So one is you can give testosterone. The other one is you can, by different mechanisms, stimulate the body to produce more testosterone. Now, in, in women- Both of these are drugs that you would give. Yeah. So something you would have yeah, to exactly. give. Yeah, exactly. Testosterone boosters save your money. Uh, you know, can you do it by going to the gym and exercise, whatever? You're not going to get a sustained increase of testosterone. If you go to the gym and work out your, your big muscles and weight lift, whatever, maybe you'll get a spike in testosterone for a little bit, but you're not gonna you're not gonna cure hypogonadism, low clinically low testosterone by working out. You're just not. And and nor with expensive testosterone boosters. And if you look it up on Amazon, you'll find five hundred of them. Um, so there's two ways. There's giving testosterone, and there's different ways of giving testosterone. And there's basically tricking the body, thinking you need more, uh, or stimulating the testicles. So the commonest way is giving testosterone. And that can be by a gel that you rub on your skin, a patch, an injection. Uh, there's a nose gel. There used to be an underarm gel. I've heard uh, of pellets as well. Pellets, yeah. Um, you know, uh, rubbing it on the on the scrotum there's a million ways i basically use one of two uh, there's pills also but the pills have higher liver toxicity so they're 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 available in canada but they're not even fda approved because of the liver toxicity but there's some new stuff new pills coming out um so that's the simplest way uh, the simplest and most effective and cheapest way is an injection of testosterone once a week once every two weeks once every couple of days depending on how you want to divide up the dose up for up for debate um but basically an injection of testosterone and people ask well is it bioidentical that's more of an issue with women's hormones testosterone that we give is testosterone so it's the cheapest and, and easiest way to do it uh the gels um a lot of people come to me taking the gel uh which they rub on their skin every day uh, and they come to me and saying well it's not working so i'm going to stop testosterone the problem is not that not it's not working. The problem is it's not being absorbed well. So that's why I don't love the gel in many men, uh, because you need to sometimes you you know often you need to increase the dose, or you can't even increase the do, the dose high enough that it's absorbed enough. Is it because but, their skin is different, or yeah, it's thick, yeah, or I, you know I I don't know the the biological factors of why some men will absorb it more. Is it they're sweating more? Is it their skin levels are or thinner, or, or I don't, I don't know to be honest. But all I know is, uh, I convinced most ninety-five percent of my patients go on testosterone injections, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is what David's. And doing, it's a fraction right? of the price usually, yeah. and yeah. it's easy to do. Now we have some friends that said, "No way would we ever inject." You know, yeah. I, I can't do that. Yeah, but they could inject themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I do, David, and I, I get them in the butt. Yeah, but you can inject it yourself into your leg. I understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we, we, all my patients who are up for it, which is again ninety odd percent of my patients, they will come and sit down with my nurse, and she will teach them how to do it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's and the vast majority of them continue. Once in a while, I get a guy that'll call me a month later, said I, I can't do this. Prescribe me the gel. And that's good. And that's okay. And that, but you know, is it a more regulated dose also when you do it yourself? Or um, I meant with an injection? Well, yes and no. It, it is. But 
and this is where more philosophy and less science comes in, is that it's a sustained dose up and down over a week or two, as opposed to the gel, which is more, we call physiological. It follows the bodies. You take it in the morning and it's a little bit less in the evening. Um, so the gels are follow that more diurnal or daily pattern, but we don't know that that's any better or worse. Because mm-hmm. so, there is a spike as soon as you give it, obviously. You yeah. inject the whole amount and then you got a spike exactly. and then it slowly goes exactly. through Exactly, and it's a, it's a pretty big spike. Yeah. So if you do, you know, when people do their blood tests for their follow-ups, if they do it two days later, it's going to be high. Oh, if they right. do it a week later, it's, it's going to be low. Yeah. So. so so just so you know that you've created a little monster here and Carol on her calendar has Wednesdays circled because that's the day she gets to inject me <laughs> with a needle. So um, yes, yeah. it's, it's actually become a part of our relationship right. and it's just something we do together. But Are um, you getting pleasure out of uh, Yes, it's fun, in right? Yeah. <laughs> she, she, no. She gets wet. No joke. No joke. It's it's one of those weird things, but my wife is very special. So so the, the question I have is, so I've been on this now, I guess, uh, 12 weeks. Yeah. And it's not like um, you inject it in and all of a sudden you're the Hulk, right? It, Absolutely it, it, not. It's something that is that evolves over time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, first, the thing I tell men is you will not, you will very unlikely feel any significant difference before four to six weeks. And some of the changes can take four to six months to be mature in terms of, uh, you know, uh, well, fatigue and I mean, in terms of uh, brain fog and some of these sort of more loose, kind of harder to explain symptoms will take months till patients feel better. Uh, so, you know, you want to do a real good trial what I do is I say, we're going to do this for six months, but we're going to check your levels in three months and, and sort of have a midterm evaluation to see how you're feeling. And if you're not feeling any different by three months, I'll boost the dose. Uh, so you got to be you got to be patient. You're not going to, and even though your testosterone levels raise after that first injection, like you said, you do not feel the difference. 100% will not feel the difference after that first day, injection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I haven't felt that much of a, a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this was because I have trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gotten a little better, but I mean, we're still in the early stages. Um, Carol has definitely noticed a difference in the quality of my erections. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Much harder and longer, definitely. Yep. And more often, more frequent. Mm-hmm. Not that I had an issue or I knew I had an issue, yep. but... Um, Sometimes they're just subtle differences. It's for not sure. like uh, it's not like he was always flaccid, and now it's like semi. You know, it's not. But it's just harder than for it sure. was before. However, in our relationship, because Carol is seeing Dr. Gabrielle Laundry for you know menopause and low libido, mm-hmm. so I'm getting more hard, longer, and she's she hasn't caught up yet with her. Oh, estrogen give me a break! That's because you have a better doctor than she. Has. <laughs> We're not going to tell her that. Yeah, we're not going to tell her. I think that. next episode we should do a head-to-head with oh, Steinberg and Laundry. Exactly. We're so I've got that. a question. How do you decide on the dosage? You were saying that the the medical or the uh, the blood tests are not actually reliable. Do you listen to what the symptoms are and then you look at the test both? Hundred percent. Okay. Because all patients come in afterwards and say, "Well, what's our range? My range is for you to feel good." Yeah. Okay. And um, do I go for middle third? You know, I, no. And they come in and, and, I, and they say, well, I, my first thing is, how are you feeling? And they say, well, what does my blood test show? I mm. said, I don't care what your blood yeah. test shows. Yeah. How are you feeling? Right. Because if I take them from 12 to 16 and they're feeling amazing, they're we good. got the right dose. Right. If I take them from 12 to 22 and they're feeling shitty still, I'll take them, to 20, I'll take them higher. How do you know if you've given them too much? They're bouncing um, off the ceiling? Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, but that, but you start I mean, slow. That, you know what yeah, it kind of exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I want to find. Because some guys say, "Start me on 200." I'm like, I want to find the lowest effective right, dose. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, some yeah. And I know you're not increasing it to like a 20 year old level, but is there a goal or just the feel good feel goal? Good, you know, okay. feeling normal again. Yeah. I feel great. I'm. You know what? My 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 sex drive is back. Uh, you know I'm. Uh, you know, it's based based on the symptoms, and it's it's hard to, you know, it's hard to measure symptoms. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that good point, is it something that you stay at forever? Yeah, you just keep injecting that amount that yeah. over that period yeah. of time. Yeah, 
Like until death. Until death do us part. Okay. Well. And, and, and again, patients have a hard time when I start to talk about that, but the same patient, if I told them you're low in insulin and you have diabetes and you need insulin. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. They're like, oh, okay, I understand that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a three-month treatment and then you're cured. Right. And the benefits are going to come over long term as well. Exactly. And it's preventative, so you're not going to continue decreasing either. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Which brings me to answer the second part of your question. Uh, how do we give testosterone? Right. So th- we're talking about now giving testosterone, but uh, there's there's other ways of boosting testosterone. So one of the common ones which I use is HCG, human, human choreogonadotropin, which is a molecule similar to LH, which I mentioned earlier on, which stimulates the testicle to produce testosterone. So if I give you testosterone, your LH and FSH are going to drop, your testicles basically shut down the factory, and your testicles will shrivel up or shrink to a degree, and you will stop producing sperm. So for men who want to still have children in the future, I will do a treatment instead of pure testosterone, either a mixture of testosterone and HCG or just HCG, which is an injection twice a week. And what that does is it stimulates the testicles to produce more testosterone. So very effective. Uh, Downside, uh, biggest downside is it's expensive compared to testosterone and harder to find. We have a great pharmacy here because I do a lot of it. So he keeps make sure to have a good stock, but some patients have a hard time to find it. And instead of uh, you know thirty dollars a week, I, do you know what you pay for your testosterone? Do you remember? You know, I think the government paid half of yeah. it anyway, so yeah. I don't really remember but, how but much HCG it costs. But HCG is not covered, and it could be a couple hundred dollars a month. Well, okay. Oh no, this like is like thirty dollars. Yeah, a month yeah. exactly. Yeah. Plus so, the syringes, which are nothing. Yeah, so that that's the downside of of HCG. Uh, and there's a pill. And is HCG also safe to take for the rest of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they all could have side effects, uh, swelling and uh, headaches, flushing. I mean, they all have potential side effects, but it's so rare that I stop any form of testosterone replacement therapy because of side effects. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so well tolerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we're going to do another show um, later on about the penis and Cialis and Viagra and, and, and that whole part of the anatomy. But if someone is on TRT, can they also take, or do they still need to take a Cialis or a Viagra? Uh, the vast majority of t- times, yes. Mm. Is that yeah. because of dysfunction, or is that because of aging? Dysfun- well, aging is not a disease. Okay, got, got you. Yes. Got you. Let's so, make sure we so, say that again. Yes, so, so older people often have more vascular issues, for mm-hmm. sure. So, and, and you know, erectile dysfunction is the canary in the mind for heart mm-hmm. disease. If you have vascular erectile dysfunction, there's a good chance you're going to have cardiac disease. And we often send these guys to cardiologists to get basic screening. Oh, interesting. Yeah. A younger guy with with real vascular, not, you know, uh, my girlfriend got mad at me while yeah, we were having sex. Yeah, yeah. But real vascular erectile dysfunction, I will send to a cardiologist. So you talked about it being an anabolic product. So are you going to automatically bulk up when you start taking testosterone? You need, you see, I mean... You may feel a little bit more muscular and a little bit more toned, but you know, you're not going to take that and sit on the couch and eat potato chips. Right, okay. uh, but if you go and, to the gym, you will bulk up. Uh, you, will, you will easier build muscle okay. and lose fat okay. more easily. And if you do nothing, will you still lose fat or only if you go to the gym? I'm just wondering, is this a way no. that men lose their belly? I mean, excuse me. You need to uh, <laughs> just ask that the was question. A yeah. I mean, just testosterone head. alone without doing some of the work, not, not won't really. make any significant differences. Okay. okay, cool. And if I'm understanding, you take testosterone, you go to the gym. That's got to help with aging and osteoporosis and, and those things that. Happen yeah. So osteoporosis, yeah, for sure. Uh, heart disease. This was a real. Uh, you know, ten years ago, we thought that testosterone was the end of the world. You're going to get a heart attack and everything like that. Part of it was based on ignorance. Part of it was based on some poor, a, an extremely poorly done study with false statistics that was published in the JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, in 2013, which had false statistics in it. And, but what but, was the purpose of that? What was the goal of putting that out there? I don't know, and I don't know if they knowingly did f- weird statistics, but 
it was it came out and then made it to CNN and all the headlines and before everybody got scared and everybody got scared and it just set back a decade of wow. people who were who, wow. who should have gotten that's fake news basically yeah yeah and uh, so th- there are way more studies showing that testosterone is good for the heart than it is bad for the heart. And there's a couple of good studies undergoing now, which is going to hopefully answer a lot of these questions. So the other issue is prostate cancer. We used to think that, tes- that testosterone per- causes or will worsen test- prostate cancer. And study after study are coming out now, which showing that it is completely safe. And I've actually even seen some studies which suggest, I'm not saying prove, that again, it may be beneficial. There, there's a great study I always uh, like to quote. Now, it's not you know a randomized control study. Uh, you know, it's it's a more of an observational study um, that shows that uh, men. It was for diabetics who were low in testosterone who took testosterone. It's studied by Dr. Sad S A A D in in Europe, uh, and he followed patients for eleven years or something like that and he looked at their cholesterol their 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 he looked at a whole bunch of things the group that got testosterone was better in diabetes control in cure of diabetes in cholesterol and blood pressure in uh and, and as a side the death rate in those who didn't take testosterone was 30 percent, and those who did take testosterone was 11 percent. Mm. i mean that's incredible um now again this is not a randomized control study. It's it's a study that which can suggest and lead to further studies, which 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 are undergoing. Uh, but it's super interesting. Uh, and as well, the group who got testosterone had a lower incidence of prostate cancer. Oh, interesting. So so, so there is there is prostate cancer yeah. in general in the public. Yeah, and it was lower on those that took testosterone. Yeah, and one wow. of the world leaders of testosterone and prostate cancer testosterone and prostate cancer is an ex Montrealer, Dr. Morgan Teller. Uh, who is just an amazing physician? Uh, he works in he, he was from Harvard and and in that area, and um, he's been giving he's been really pushing it and successfully. I mean, he gives I mean with great scientific background, he's been giving testosterone to men who have low grade prostate cancer, and they are not doing any worse than those who do not get without testosterone. surgery. Without surgery, wow. untreated, the wow. patients who are on what we call active surveillance or watchful waiting. Um, and in fact, again, there's some suggestions suggesting, and this is, don't don't mean this to be a cure or anything, that some of them are actually doing better wow. when they're on testosterone. So, so, so the question here is, I mean, we've heard some amazing, incredible information from uh, Dr. Steinberg. Why wouldn't someone or a man, as they're aging, take TRT. It, there doesn't seem to be any downside. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, deep down, deep down, and I'm not, I'm not advocating this because we just don't know. I believe that that is that 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 is true. Do you believe there's the data no downside? There's no downside. That there's more upside than there is downside. So why are not men? Is it because they're is there, ignorance? Is there a macho There's, stigma that men don't want to be tested because I'm a man? No, but so so well. I mean, ninety five percent of my patients have already seen another doctor who either refused to test them, tested them, and they were low and saying no, no, testosterone is dangerous. Um, blamed it on them being depressed, thyroid, fat. Or just old. I mean, I mean you know, but at uh, least they, at they least they didn't love their wife. At least they went to see a doctor. But I the mean, problem, there's so many men out there I, who don't even want to see doctors. I, I, I had a guy who came to me. He was coming from a sex therapist. He has low libido, and, and the guy said, "You're either gay or you, your penis is too no. small." Oh my god! Oh my god. I'm like, really? I cannot In this believe day this. And age? Yeah. I swear. I mean, oh. this is a apparently reputable. Uh, sex therapist in the Toronto area is what he goes. Look, he's got a website. I'm like, you're telling me that this guy said that your sex drive is low because you're either he said this you're either gay or you have a small penis. Oh my gosh! Uh, like repressing your gayness or you have a small penis. And I said, yes. Yeah, this is what he, this is, and this is what he was working on in my therapy. I'm like, I cannot. I I I, I was speechless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be with you. Speechless. So this is what we're dealing with. Um, you know, people don't understand the science. They don't understand the numbers. They don't believe in it. They're 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 ignorant. 
you know, I, I was, by, you know, at the local uh, the Jewish General Hospital, I, every couple of years, they asked me to come give a talk to the family doctors. And they called me two years ago and they said, we want you to give another talk. I'm like, what do you want me to talk on? They say, uh, enlarged prostate. I'm like, forget about it. I said, I'm talking about testosterone. And I, I, I spent an hour trying to, you know, preach uh, about what, you know, and, you know, I'm following the data. I'm following the studies. I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a, a renegade doctor who's, um, you know, I'm, I'm I, the opposite. I'm afraid of, of, of the College of Physicians and, and you know, I, I do things by the book. But if you read the book and you read the guidelines and you read the thing, we are grossly mistreating patients who have low testosterone. And one of the other things I understand out there is that very often men only come go to their doctor, probably the primary care physicians to start with before they come to see you. But they only go there when really their sex life is in the dumps already. Yes. Like there's no preventative yes. ideas in yeah. their head that I should well, go I see mean, a doctor. You know, that's, you know, we, we live in a very, especially in Canada with free healthcare, in a very anti-preventative kind of right. healthcare system. You know, don't, don't fix it until it's very Broken. broke. Mm-hmm. So you're advocating that men at any age should be checking their testosterone, le- testosterone no. levels. No, sorry, the no, testosterone no, levels. No, because there's no. Uh, if someone feels great, and their testosterone level is low, I meant if they weren't feeling great. Right. Okay. Right. So that's that's not because that's different than screening. Yeah. Because if someone feels, if someone comes to my office and says, "Look, my blood test is at t- six. I said, "Well, how do you feel?" He goes, "I feel great." I said, "Well, you don't need testosterone." Again, it's the same thing as someone who is not low but has symptoms. I will treat them. Mm-hmm. Someone who is low, he, he he's low by the numbers, but technically he's maybe his receptors are more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't need testosterone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So just if you're if you're feeling not normal, if you see any changes in your libido or fatigue or something like that at any age, yeah. you should be going to get it checked. It's just 100%. the blood test. And not every low libido is low testosterone. Just like not every depressed man is depressed and not every overweight man has l- low thyroid. Mm-hmm. So these are the three misinterpretations or mislabeled. And I had actually is had a patient. Is that self-diagnosis basically? No, it's if, if someone comes to a psychiatrist feeling depressed, he's going to get treated for depression. He's oh. not going to get his... You know, if someone comes to me, I'm not going to say you're depressed. I'm going to say you're low in testosterone. Right. And if someone comes to an endocrinologist, they're going to check your thyroid. Right. So, because um, I've had a lot of depressed patients who have come to me and we've checked their testosterone and they're low and we treat them and they're no longer depressed. And, and antidepressants, if you're not depressed, I mean, if you're feeling depressed, but your problem is your testosterone, antidepressants will make it worse. Wow, that's true, yeah. So, and I, and I had a patient the other day who was a psychiatrist who's on testosterone, and I said, do you test your patients for testosterone when they come in like this? He goes, not really. Mm. So, I think there needs to be a lot more crossover. Uh, crossover, yeah. Yeah, with the different yeah, groups because, of doctors. Exactly. Yeah, you know, very it's interesting. A, All right, babe, final advice? Well, we're going to the end of the show already. My yeah. goodness, I went very fast. Just to sum everything up, why don't you tell us what the top two reasons would be why a, a man should have his levels checked, uh, whether it's all the hormones or whatever it might be that you're looking for, and monitored by a, a hormone specialist, especially as he's aging. Symptoms of low sex drive, low drive, fatigue, uh, unexplicable tiredness. That's seven reasons all lumped into one reason. Yeah. Um, and that's my only reason. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're feeling, guys know it. They know it. And they're, they're pushed to doctors. If you feel low, if you feel low, if you feel like, you know, think about all the things we said about testosterone. If you feel low in them, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, forget about, uh, again, forget about you're feeling depressed because your wife left you two days ago. Right. Uh, you know, I'm talking right. about you're doing good. You've got a good job. You're happy. Everything's cool but you're feeling low, you're feeling down, you're not feeling quite right, investigate and don't stop at the first guy that tells you you're crazy, you're Mm. you're too old, you're too young. Or you're too old. You're too young. Or you're too young. (laughs) Or you're too young. Young guys have low testosterone also. So if you're feeling off. Get your testosterone checked. Yes. Wow. Great. Cool. Well, that was a very quick hour. I'm uh, looking forward to this new series we're going to do once a month with um, all about sexual 
wellness and healthy aging. Dr. Andrew Steinberg, thank you so much for being here today and sharing all that great information. Why don't you tell everyone how they can find your website and reach out to you? Well, you can, well, I mean, we talked about, you guys mentioned our, our practice, Elna, Elna Sexual Wellness, E-L-N-A, but also my urology practice is Steinberg Urology. I'm a fully practice urology. I do treat prostate and disease and prostate cancer and testicular and incontinence and bladder infections, all that stuff. So that steinbergurology.com. Yeah, and of course, if you missed any of that information, you can always go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information, and you can even contact them there. And as we did today, we learn more and more every week with all our expert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolindavid.com. Alrighty, and wow, the end of another great show with a great guest, Dr. Andrew Steinberg. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Love it. Welcome. Uh, looking forward to coming back. Absolutely. And of course, every week we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Andrew send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.